chapter nine part one of zone policeman eighty eight this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c zone policeman eighty eight a close-range study of the panama canal and its workers by harry a frank chapter nine part one there were four of us that sunday bish and i always went for an afternoon swim unless police or mess duties forbade then there was bridgeley who had also once displayed his swelt form in a zapi uniform to admiring tourists but was now a pursuer of soldiering hindus on naus island i wish i could describe bridgeley for you but if you never knew him ten pages would give you no clearer idea and if you ever did the mere mention of the name bridgeley would be full and ample description still if you must have some sort of a lay figure to hang your imaginings on think of a man who always reminds you of a slender delicate porcelain vase of great antiquity that you know a strong wind would smash to fragments yet when you accidentally swat it off the mantelpiece to the floor it bobs up without a crack then you grow bolder and more curious and jump on it with both feet in your hobnailed boots and to your astonishment it not only does not break but well bridgeley was one of us that sunday afternoon and then there was the admiral well dressed as always who turned up at the last moment for which we were glad as any one would be to have the admiral along so we descended into panama by the train guard shortcut and across the bridge that humps its back over the p r r like a cat in unsocial mood and on through caledonia out along the beach sands past the old iron halls about which panamanian laborers are always tinkering under the impression that they are working this time we walked i don't recall now whether it was quarter cracks or the lieutenant hadn't slept well no it couldn't have been that for the lieutenant never let his personal mishaps trample on his good nature or whether bish had decided to reduce weight at any rate we were afoot and thereby hangs the tale or as much of a tale as there is to tell we tramped resolutely on along the hard curving beach past the disheveled bath houses before which ladies from the zone gather in some force of a sunday afternoon for this time we were really out for a swim rather than to display our figures on past the light brown bathers and the chocolate-coloured bathers and the jet-black bathers who seemed to consider that colour covering enough 
until we came to the big silent sawmill at the edge of the coconut grove that we had been invited long since to make a zp dressing room before us spread the reposing powerful sun shimmering pacific along the bay clear as an etching lay panama backed by ancon hill in regular cadence the ocean swept in with a hoarse resistless roll on the sands we dived in keeping an eye out for the sharks we knew never come so far in and probably won't bite if they did the sun blazed down white hot from the cloudless sky this time the lieutenant and sergeant jack had not been able to come but we arranged the races and jumps on the sand for all that and went into them with a will and a raindrop fell nor was it long lonesome before we had finished the hundred-yard dash we were in the midst of it was undeniably raining half a moment later buckets full would have been a weak simile all the pent-up four months of an extra-long razy season seemed to have been loosed without warning the blanket of water blotted out panama and ancon hill across the bay blotted out the distant american bathers then the light brown ones then the chocolate tinted then even the jet black ones close at hand we remained under water for a time to keep dry but the rain whipped our faces as with thousands of stinging lashes we crawled out and dashed blindly up the bank toward the sawmill the rain beating on our all but bare skins feeling as it might to stand naked in Melliflory's locks and let the sand pour down upon us from sixty feet above when at last we stumbled under cover and up the stairs to where our clothing hung it was as if a weight of many tons had been lifted from our shoulders the sawmill was without side walls consisted only of a sheet iron roof and floors on the former of which the storm pounded with a roar that made only the sign language feasible it was now as if we were surrounded on all sides by solid walls of water and forever shut off from the outer world if indeed that had survived sheets of water slashed in further and further across the floor we took to huddling behind beams and under saw benches the militant storm hunted us out and wetted us bit by bit the admiral and i tucked ourselves away on the forty-five degree i-beams up under the roaring roof the angry water gathered together in columns and swept in and up to soak us at the end of an hour the downpour had increased some hundred percent it was as if an express train going at full speed had gradually doubled its rapidity that was the day when the little harmless streams tore themselves apart into great gorges and left their pathetic little bridges alone and deserted out 
in the middle of the gulf that was the famous may twelfth nineteen twelve when Anne Conn recorded the greatest rainfall in her history, 7.23 inches, virtually all within three hours. Three of us were ready to surrender and swim home through it, but there was the admiral to consider. He was dressed clear to his scarf pin, and Panama tailors tear horrible holes in a police salary so we waded and dodged and squirmed into closer holes for another hour and grew steadily wetter then at length dusk began to fall and instead of slacking with the day the fury of the storm increased it was then that the admiral capitulated seeing fate plainly in league with his tailor and wigwagging the decision to us beside him he led the way down the stairs and dived into the world awash wet we had not taken the third step before we were streaming like fire hose there was nearly an hour of it splashing knee-deep through what had been when we came out little dry sandy hollows steering by guess for the eye could make out nothing fifty yards ahead even before the cheese-thick darkness fell bowed like nonogarians under the burden of water staggering back and forth as the storm caught us crosswise or the earth gave way under us the admiral's patent leather shoes but why go into painful details those who were in panama on that memorable afternoon can picture it all for themselves and the others will never know the wall of water was as thick as ever when we fought our bowed and weary way up over the railroad bridge and summoning up the last strength splurge tottering into angelini's when our streaming had so far subsided that they recognized us for solvent human beings encouraging concoctions were set before us bridgely fearing the after-effects acquired a further quart bottle of protection and when we had gathered force for the last dash we plunged out one more toward our several goals as the door of one 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 slammed behind me the downpour suddenly slackened as i paused before my room to drain it stopped raining i supped on bread beer and cheese from over the frontier we had arrived thirty seconds too late for ancon police mess then when i saved what was salvable from the wreckage and reclad in such wardrobe as had luckily remained at home i strolled over toward the police station to put in a serene and quiet evening but it has long since been established that troubles flocked together as i crunched up the gravel walk between the hedge rows wild riot broke on my ear ancon police station was in eruption from the lieutenant to the newest uniformless rookie every member of the force was swarming in and out of the building 
the zone and panama telephones were ringing in their two opposing dialects the deskman was shouting his own peculiar brand of spanish into one receiver and bawling english at the other all hands were diving into old clothes the most apathetic of the force were girding up their loins with the adventurous fire of the old moro hunting days in their eyes and all some a horse more afoot were dashing one by one out into the night and the jungle it was several minutes before i could catch the news at last it was shouted at me over a telephone murder a white greek who ever heard of a colored greek with a white shirt on had shot a man at pedro miguel at six thirty five every road and bypath of escape to panama was already blocked our men would meet the assassin whatever way he might take i went down to meet the evening train resolved after that to strike out into the night in the random hope of having my share in the chase it had begun to rain again but only moderately as if it realized it could never again equal the afternoon record then suddenly the excitement exploded it was only a near murder two colombians had been shot but would in all probability recover the news reached me as i stood at the second-class gate scanning the faces of the great multicolored river of passengers that poured out into the city for two hours one by one with crestfallen mien the man-hunters leaked back into ancon station and the case having dwindled to one of regular daily routine by eleven we were all abed in the morning the greek chase fell to me more detailed description of the culprit had come in during the night including the bit of information that he was a bad man from the isle of crete the belt straining number thirty eight oiled and loaded i set off on an assignment that was at least a relief after pursuing stolen necklaces for negro women or crowbars lost by the i c c by nine i was climbing to pedro miguel police station on its knoll with the young greek who had exchanged hats with the assassin after the crime that afternoon a volunteer joined me he was a friend of the wounded men a peruvian black as jade but without a suggestion of the negro in anything but his outward appearance he was of the size and build of a samson in his prime spoke a spanish so clear-cut it seemed to belie his african blood and had the restless vigor acquired in a youth of tramping over the andine ranges i plied him into a cab and we rolled away to east balboa to climb upon an empty dirt train and drop off as it raced through miraflores the sturdy legs of the peruvian saving him where his practice would not have 
up in the bush between pedro miguel and parisio we found a hut where the greek had stopped for water and gone on up a gully we set out to follow mounting partly on hands and knees partly dragging ourselves by grass and bushes up what had been and would soon be again a torrential mountain stream for hours we tore through the jungle up hills steeper than the path of righteousness following now a few faint footprints or trampled bushes now a hint from some native bush dweller the rain outside vied with the sweat within as to which would first soak us through to make things merrier i had not only to wear an arsenal but a coat atop to conceal it from the general public to mention the holes i crawled into and the clues i followed during the next few days would be more tiresome than a puritan prayer by day i was dashing back and forth through all ancon district by night prowling about the grimier sections of panama city almost daily i got near enough to sniff the prey now it was a greek confectioner on avenida central who admitted that the fugitive had called on him during the night now a panamanian pesquia whose stool pigeon had sent him out in the bush then the information that he had stopped to shave and otherwise alter his appearance in some shack halfway across the zone and afterwards struck off for panama by an unused route the clues were pendulum like they took me half a dozen times at least out of the winding highway to corozal on to miraflores and even further the rainy season and the rain of umbrellas had come it had been formally opened on that memorial sunday afternoon there was still sunshine at times but always a wet season heaviness to the atmosphere and the rains were already giving the rolling jungle hills a tinge of new green there was nothing to be gained by hurrying the fugitive was as likely to crawl forth from one place as another along the rambling road here i paused to kill a lizard or to watch the clumsy march of one of the huge purple and many-colored land crabs there to gaze away across a jungled valley soft and fuzzy in the humid air like some carot painting i even sailed for san francisco in the quest for of course each outgoing ship must be searched one day i had word that a windjammer was about to sail and racing out to balboa i was soon set on board the fore and aft schooner meteor far out in the bay when i plunged down into the cabin the peeled-headed german captain was seated at a table before a heap of spig dollars paying off his black shore hands he solemnly asserted he had no greek aboard and still more solemnly swore 
that if he found one stowed away he would turn him over to the police in san francisco which was kind of him but would not have helped matters there are several men running gaily about san francisco streets who would be very welcome in certain quarters of the zone and sure of lodging and food for a long time to come End of chapter 9, part 1. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.